Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The Sewer Show. Squatters and unwaged airwaves. Presenting views, news and interviews from the Centrelink queues. Information on your squatting, legal and other rights. Troublemaking news from around the world. Coming at you every Friday between 5.30 and 6.30pm on 3CR. Hi there, welcome to The Sewer Show. This is 3CR, 855am on your dial or online at 3cr.org.au if you want to stream live. Um, my name is Suze and I'm here with Anissa and we're from Doing It Ourselves, a local group that's focused on raising awareness about the need for broad systemic change. We host the Sewer Show on the third Friday of every month to discuss system change um, and the need for it from the current structures of oppression. We aim to encourage resistance, raise awareness of alternatives because they do exist. We'd also like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting today from land that was never ceded and honour the traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, whose oppression continues to this day. We pay our respects to elders past, present and future. So today we want to talk about system change. We love to do that. <laughs> but more specifically, why we advocate for it. Because we were inspired last weekend by attending the Sustainable Living Festival in Melbourne. And what we saw is a kind of problematic engagement of issues around environmentalism and sustainability. The discussion there can be frequently quite tokenistic, simplistic, and often used as a platform for individualism and greenwash. We were one of the few activists and radical groups at the festival amongst a lot of green products and companies, and it got us fired up. So today we'll be talking about the need for the system change in the context of that, and we've got Guy joining us in the studio later. But first, we've got a little community service announcement from 3CR. Race here, the perfect companion in your car on your road trip. You can stream radio Anything. straight into your car. Straight in. Like 3CR yeah. gets streamed straight into your car. Keeping you company. No matter where you're going or what you're doing, you'll have something interesting in your ear. That's correct. And you can Bluetooth it and you can just stick it right into you. Yes. <laughs> Is any kind of attachment you want? <laughs> To subscribe to 3CR, unwaged is $35. Yes. yes. Waged? 75 And solidarity? 150 $1.50. That's pretty reasonable to help keep 3CR on air. Call 3CR 9419 and... Subscribe. Subscribe today. Subscribe now. When I'm on a road trip, I want to take 3CR with me and listen to Rock and Roll. Welcome back to 3CR. So this week it's subscriber week at 3CR. So we would love your help to keep independent progressive radio on the air. We need subscribers, so subscribe. Subscription costs are pretty chill. There's like a concession rate waged and a solidarity. And you can subscribe online through the 3CR website or you can call the radio 9419 or you can visit the station in Fitzroy, just on Smith Street. But regardless, please subscribe and help support us broadcasting to you. Please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> 
Today in the studio we have Guy, a friend of doing it ourselves who is slowly becoming more radicalised the more that he learns. He, like us, attended the Sustainable Living Festival this year and we're a bit eager to have a chat with him about what he thought. Welcome, Guy. Thanks. It's good to have you here. Um, (laughs) So jumping right in, what did you think of SLF? Many things, uh, not many of them well-founded. Uh, <laughs> it was lovely to see a lot of people there. Um, I was surprised by that. Um, but o- overall, yeah, probably mixed emotions. Mixed emotions is interesting. There was a lot of people. I'm always excited by how many people come. And for me, maybe that's part of why I get a bit sad about um, SLF maybe not living up to what I see as its potential. Because I think, oh, there's so many people here. We could do so much more with this space. Um Maybe, yeah, what were your mixed emotions? Uh, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, but I think fairly similar. Um, It was great to see so many interesting stalls and a lot of speakers there, but I have concerns with some of the stalls that were there and and I guess uh, some of the the agendas being pushed and and the... I guess the foundation, the, the I guess the underpinning, the theoretical underpinning of those agendas. Mm. And also, I guess there's concerns about who actually goes. Like, <laughs> is this just like a cool weekend thing to do where people just rock up and then go home and do nothing afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. who's in the city? Sort of just. Yeah. Comes exactly. Along. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting um, the demographics of who goes as well. I mm. find like there's a certain um, age class, perhaps, of people that go to Sustainable Living Festival. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's. There seemed to be like a pretty even split of people like you and Anissa who are like super activisty, wicked people. And then people who probably I more closely resemble just, you know, the people that rock in and have a whole bunch of cognitive dissonance come in and say, yeah, environment, and then go and, I don't know, drive their hummers home. Yeah, totally. And, ooh, I got a keep cup. I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you talked a bit about like the agendas of different groups. What did you feel the agendas were? Uh, well, not wanting to upset people because, I, again, you know, this is just layman's ideas, but uh, I have problems with, I suppose, the presence of people pushing by, like selling bicycles with a hard sell, uh, a lot of, um, I guess, social enterprises, you know, saying, oh, buy this $120 solar light and then we'll, we'll subsidise it for people in other places. And it's just like, well, you just, I don't know, it seems like the answer to your environmental issues are the number one individual uh, solutions. Like it's shifting the onus onto individual people and then also sort of using existing systems that are probably part of the problem, like selling shit. Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah, totally. Something I find scary going is when you walk in off, um, is it Swanston Street? Mm. Down. And there you find the big solar panel filled car next door, <laughs> amazing, really expensive stalls. And it really, it sets the tone in was a it, really weird yeah. way. Was there a Tesla thing? There yeah. was a Tesla oh, yeah, thing yeah. right on the entrance. Like, yeah, let's, let's send rockets into space and, <laughs> you know, have like psychopath future James Bond villain companies you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) people were so excited to get into that car you know there was this real novelty back to the future um car with like what doors that go up sideways and uh it was pretty flash as entertainment it's a lovely sustainability festival yeah yeah well i guess that's also i mean one you know those stalls would make heaps of money for the festival to subsidize you know everyone else who can't pay to hire out space in fed square but also it might get people off the streets be like look flashy thing please keep walking 
and then you actually might get to, you know, some collective action. Yeah. Hopefully. But does it muddy the message? You know, like, mm. uh, would the would the people like Asen or, or the other good ones around there actually be able to engage with people better if people were there for the right reasons and not just like wandering through having a churro? <laughs> but yeah. it, and and should should I don't know who actually sponsors it? Like who? agrees to have the festival there like wouldn't it be better just to sponsor it entirely and not have it subsidized by you know companies mm. and, and things but i guess also that's one of the hardest things for groups nowadays is who mm. sponsors it um because you know the government sponsoring it you'll have issues corporation sponsoring it, you'll have issues like where do we get the money from yeah it's I, really hard i personally i think it's a government thing like mm. you, you like if the government you know, was ideal, mm. like it'd be wonderful and they would sponsor it. And, and uh, But would they? Because it would be sponsoring their own demise perhaps. Like, um. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, dep- it depends on the level of system change you guys are interested. Like yeah. I know an AC or an anarchist, um, you know, you'd be like, well, let's, let's get rid of it altogether. Mm. Uh, other people. You've been outed. <laughs> oh, oh, is that bad? <laughs> no, no, okay. Not at all. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Without fear or favour at 3CR, um, you know, whereas I'm more like, a, hang on, let's fix the bloody government. And, yeah. um, mm. Well, I think last year I remember there was a City of Melbourne stall. Mm. And I don't know if there was, because the City of mm. Melbourne has done, they're doing a lot of renewable stuff. Like yeah. the, 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 the council's pretty good. But I just remember last year, the City of Melbourne stall, because that was when Robert Doyle was doing all the horrible homelessness banning sleeping on the street stuff oh yeah so there was another reason to like get frustrated at the local government like we want your help but also we want to boycott you because that's horrible what you're doing and somehow robert doyle's gone even worse (laughs) like since then incredible yeah exactly but it's an interesting tension that sort of like system change versus reformism i think that's one of the big Mm. tensions that sustainable living festival brings up and one that i'm really intrigued about because I get that we want to lure people in, like more mainstream people who might not be up for talking about environmentalism or system change on a on a whole. So we need to sort of lure them in with something, maybe like the Tesla shit, and mm. then like, <laughs> then look, hey, look, there's some more radical ideas a bit further along. But um, at the same time, the muddying of the waters is so clear. And also if we're trying to sell them this like individualist, you can fix things by like buying greenwash um, products, then it's kind of, it's entirely the wrong message. Um, or at least for me, also an anarchist. <laughs> yeah, but, but outed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Oh, well, you guys do. Well, we have That's opinions. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, we're yeah. just fighting for opinions, right? Like, yeah. I don't know—is there one correct? We'll find out <laughs> after the break. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is a good time for a song. <laughs> and the next song that we're going to play is quite. Nicely titled Under Pressure to, yeah, get us thinking about (laughs) what's going on right now. Here we go. And welcome back to Doing It Ourselves on the Sewer Show. You're listening to 3CR, 855 AM on your dial or 3cr.org.au for live streaming or to check out the podcasts. That was Queen and Bowie's classic Under Pressure. Having a little dance party here in the studio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm here with Anissa and Guy, and we're talking about the Sustainable Living Festival and all of the things therein. Um, So one thing, I suppose, with the SLF that got us thinking of doing it ourselves was the way in which we talk about the fight for a more sustainable planet and how the discussion gets framed 
So, yeah, the tagline this year for SLF uh, was, we got this, which was, like, we found quite funny. Um, it was a really interesting PR tactic that they took, obviously, a bit of a response from last year's tagline and previous years, which was kind of more fear-based and kind of hinting at the urgency of sustainability um, in the face of, like, runaway climate change and resource scarcity. So this year they kind of went for a more inclusive, like, we got this, it's okay, we're going to be fine. What was the last tagline? Yeah, we were trying to look that up. We couldn't remember it. Okay. but yeah, You're all going to die. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure... The picture was just like somebody sitting alone in a dark room on the toilet <laughs> oh. or something looking really stressed. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm. That is At the, our lowest times, that's what we yeah, look. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what do you reckon of the tagline? Well, I suppose it could be read many ways, couldn't it? Mm. Um, if it's talking about we as like we as a collective, yeah, maybe that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, we got this. But if mm. it's we as in us who are already in it can do it. You don't have to worry so much. Well, that'd be mm. a big concern, but I doubt they'd be doing that. And and I suppose they've got to say something. So, yeah. <laughs> i got to say something. Uh, uh, what, what, what sort of things were you guys finding so funny about it? Uh, off the bat, I think there was a lot of frustration from us, um, which was interesting. I think it shows our often negative ways yeah, right. of seeing things. And for me, especially... Walking, as I said before, walking down off Swanson Street, solar panels, Tesla, mm. big sign saying, we got this, to me was just so green capitalism yep. and so individual. Um, but it was really nice on the way here, Susan and I were talking about, yeah, the more inclusiveness of it and, mm. you know, heaps of that climate change and, like, environmental change psychology theory is all about. You need to have hope, you need to give people hope and feel together, otherwise people just tune out, like, fear and mm. despair, mm. just tune us out and guilt yeah, yeah exactly guilt and shame is less effective these days and yeah totally uh, yeah campaigning is often going for like this more narrative-based storytelling idea right. and like trying to push the like collectives like idea that we've got this kind of does feel inspirational but also as anisa was saying kind of not entirely true yeah it's like, got to be congruent right like <laughs> yeah. you can't just say all right well we got this we're we yeah and then also it's, it's on you mm. like yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You've got to have some way of making that we inclusive. Because, like, yeah. some of the, like, I didn't go to any of the talks, was having too much fun talking to the people. Um, <laughs> but I saw some of the talks, like, one of them, oh, I can't remember the person's name, but, like, has this new book called Drawdown. And then it's like a hundred effective, like, scientifically measured ways of how to make climate change not so bad. Mm. And one, the use of the term drawdown was really bad because he's not actually talking about geoengineering. At first, oh, really? I was like, holy moly, they're going to, you know, talk about all these really scary geoengineering things that would probably mess up the planet more but then I went and looked at the back of his book and it's a lot of just like planting trees I was gonna say carbon um, drawdown is like a pretty big like revolutionary idea in the environment yeah, exactly movement. like we can actually store carbon we can actually maybe reverse climate change with carbon drawdown like yeah and not in a scary like we can do it in a scary way but there are also trees which yeah. are wonderful and, <laughs> and fires and biochar and you know yeah. sort of more like uh primitivist ideas and like that seems totally. really lovely yeah but yeah a lot of the workshops I saw kind of didn't really take a very holistic view of oh the yeah situation. yeah 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 I talked to somebody who went to his talk and said it was really good like it's scientifically viable things like some of the most important ones were educating women in third world countries mm. which is really important but to touch on the ec like nobody touched on the economic side on the mm. economic growth on the capitalism or you know wh wh whichever words people want to use mm. not to scare people away like that wasn't touched on 
mm. at all. And so for me, you're saying we got this and not talking about system change seems, yeah, this yeah. back to this individualist, market-based, mm. relying on a government that I don't think will get us out of here or will need a lot of pressure to do anything. Mm. That's where you need the collective action. It's interesting as we're talking, I'm like, ooh, the issue with the we and who the we is, the individualist, mm. but also what is the this? That's kind of what yeah. you're saying, like not yeah. acknowledging the holistic nature of the issue and like <laughs> the intersectionality of the struggle that leaves behind like classes and races mm, and it's totally. just like, come on, this is the bigger overarching, like what is the this that we got? Totally, like is it just climate change? Yeah. Mm. Mm. We should ask them. Ooh. We should. Maybe we I mean, could try what, and what, interview what, some what of them. What is their stated goal? Like, I mean, a sustainable living, guy. Yeah, yeah, sustainable right. living. Sure, sure, okay. But but how? Yeah, like I don't know whether it's whether it's a tool to try and I don't know build some kind of broadly left leaning green coalition mm. and then mm. build that that I don't know mass people yeah. power movement thing or. or I don't know. No, I reckon that's probably vaguely what they uh, are aiming mm. for, but they're probably intentionally vague about it now that I think about it mm. um, because they want it to be whatever the individual can see themselves in. Right. You know, it's maybe an that's, exercise in dragging people in, as you said. Yeah. Um, but it's mm. frustrating because I think that if they had more of a, a specific intention, then it might actually be more effective. Yeah. And I just have such issue with the use of the word sustainability mm. and the way it's thrown around as such like tokenistic jargon um, doesn't feel like it hits the mark at all. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Or like what is sustainable in terms of like, okay, so there's environmental sustainability, um, but then what about community or personal sustainability or like the way in which those things can feed into one another? I feel like that's that's a whole other issue. Yeah. I, I guess you can measure it by the success of, you know, each of the stalls mm. meeting their goals. Well, you, you ran or were part of ASIN yeah. and ESA. Um, Which, for those listening, is the Australian Student Environment Network. You should totally yeah. look it up. Uh, <laughs> do you think it was successful for Well, you? we'll find out tomorrow. We have a meeting where we're organising the Students of Sustainability Conference just coming up in July in Melbourne. Very, um, very exciting. It's kind of like a sustainable living festival, but there is no market and it's all workshops. No fold-up bikes Um, for sale. (laughs) I can fold in eight seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that later. But we have a meeting tomorrow, so we're going to see. Like we we had, you know, three, four sheets of people who signed up saying that they wanted to be involved. Mm. And we gave them a call and some of them seemed really keen. So I guess tomorrow we're going to find out, you know, if – them coming to the Sustainable Living Festival actually led to them taking an action. Yeah, right. I'm so eager to hear about that. Mm. Like quantifiable data. We want to know. Well, we had such a good, at the Doing It Ourselves store, we had the most quantifiably (laughs) data-y, well done, Anissa. Um, (laughs) Words. (laughs) I'm good at the data side. Um, Science. We had a science Uh and it was basically somebody came up to the store and they were like, hi, I came to your store last year and because we give out, you know, little zines, little pamphlet literature of all the different system change ideas that we and other people have. And so they came along and they were like, I got heaps of stuff, you know, from you last year. I was so excited by how excited you guys were mm. that I wanted to read. And now I've read them and I've come back with my own excitement to say, I want to be part of what you do. 
Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we were just like all jumping around being like, science, science, it's provable. We did it. <laughs> Which was a lot of fun. Yeah, so hey. cute. It'd be great so. to find out other stalls' ex- experiences and, mm. and see, like, I don't know whether surely SLF does this, but. They do like feedback, you know, um, forms, obviously, trying to ask people what their experience was. But yeah, it'd be really good to go along and talk to, um, in my opinion, the more radical groups, because, you know, you've got the people trying to get you to sign petitions and stuff. Mm. And I suppose they can mm. just calculate, we got 300 signatures, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That was an and, effective and day for enough? us. Yeah. 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 yeah so I guess my, uh, if you're asking, like, what is my overarching response to SLF, it depends on whether it's actually working. Mm. And, and if SLF can measure it and say, all right, this is why it's working, how it's mm. working, then good on them. If not, maybe we have to rethink it. Mm. I don't know. Or, or maybe they should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Bottom up, we'll change it from within. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are even some people that I saw that had come down from Sydney for it. Mm. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I guess one, you know, because it has all the big sponsors and the big Tesla names, it gets out there a lot. Mm. And so... Like some people, you know, people were coming, were looking to do things. Some people are just walking past and you feel like you're having mindless conversations. A lot of people actually come to do stuff. Yeah. And you were saying that you were meeting people who went to things like that, you know, 20, 30 years ago Mm. and how it's like they've been excited and they've remained excited and as you said they're still doing good stuff yeah like it's it's really great like yeah well that's one of the nice things about slf for all the greenies that have been around for a long time mm. is catch-up session yeah it's so cute <laughs> <laughs> the pr spin would be like networking and for yeah. us it's just like we get to hang out with our buddies <laughs> yeah totally and refresh hopefully mm, definitely well that's a mm. double-edged sword as well because it's very refreshing and energizing and all the conversations you have with people are so exciting but then you come to the end of the day and you're like oh my god i'm so tired i just need to sleep for 12 hours <laughs> oh yes i drank so much more coffee than usual <laughs> and now it's hard to get off again <laughs> but it was environmentally friendly coffee yeah, yes exactly i, I had my keep cup Oh, so good. Um, but I think there's a lot of potential if there are groups like, you know, Azen or Doing Ourselves or other groups that have a more holistic view to get our f- foot in and mm. try and be more pre- – right. like if we just say, okay, this attracts people because it's of its big names, like Bob Brown comes along and everyone like goes gooey. <laughs> you know, if we put ourselves on a panel with Bob Brown, then all of a sudden – our ideas are out there. And mm. something I love about especially being on the Doing It Ourselves stall, which is, you know, a soft anarchist stall mm. of, like, system change, you know, government and corporations aren't going to save us. A lot of people come along, like our friend Jim, who was on the stall, kept saying to me, I don't believe no one's disagreeing with me. <laughs> like, I give the spiel of we need system change. We, we can't ju- just have, you know, s- solar panels and plant trees and we have to change all this other stuff. And people are like, yeah. It's like, yeah, capitalism's a problem. And everyone's like, yeah. It's like, whoa, you know? Mm. Maybe that shows a shift. Yeah. And maybe it shows that the people coming along aren't necessarily getting mm. what they want when it's, you know, people like Bob Brown and, yeah. you know, and well, maybe I don't know. And maybe it's preaching to the choir. Mm. Well, maybe. Mm. Spectrum's in the choir. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the choir is a huge spectrum. Mm. So if it's preaching to those of like, yes, the science will save us, mm. then that sucks. But I think there's a lot of people who are ready to hear 
about economic growth. And like I was chatting mm. to people who were in much more conservative or organizations and I was complaining, mm. you know, just like where's the talk about economic growth? Mm. So I feel like, you know, the, the people who run this festival, from what I know, you know, they're wonderful people just mm. trying to do good stuff. And if mm. we can do that work for them and say, here's 10 people that are really good at talking about economic growth and we'll run these workshops yeah. and like this can be your theme, but we will make sure that we do it in a language that's not scary. Yeah, because people are fine to talk about economic growth, Ooh. like maybe you know throw capitalism in there or anti-capitalism, they might run away. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to notice cool. the um, cognitive dissonance. I think in some of the sort of other stallholders when you go around, or people like that, mm. they're obviously open to these ideas. They're not shocked, as you say, but at the same time, there's this little bit of dissonance. I feel like when you sort of see them. Not clock off, but there's something there of like, ooh, that's the more extreme version. Like they're open to it, they're excited, but they just don't know. And that's mm. why I get excited to like be there and have those conversations be like slightly more of a radicalizing force and um, provide the opportunity for people to go a bit deeper into these conversations. Mm. Um, yeah. And with the we got this thing, like I ended up making myself a little badge that day that was like, we don't got this. Um, <laughs> let's come and talk about how we could, you know. <laughs> no one came and talked okay. to me, strangely. <laughs> I think you needed a bigger badge. Yeah, I yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> Can't read it. Yeah, totally. But it, it begged the question, like, which I wanted to bring up with both of you maybe, that like, is it possible to got this in this current system? Like, bum, bum, bum. or yeah. even even, yeah, it's, it's never like a a final a finality to it, is there? Like, mm. I'm sure, you know, will some of the solutions that I really hope will come through uh, will probably be causing their own problems down the track. So I don't need to say that you know anything's ever going to be like, yeah, <laughs> we got him. You know, like you remember the, the bush thing? Like, well, <laughs> oh yeah. Glad that's over, you know. Because <laughs> it solved all the world's problems. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, maybe that's a really good time to pause for another song. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the amazing Gil Scott Heron up next with The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Uh, the Revolution Will Be Live. Go, Gil Scott Heron. The Revolution starts here. Thank you, Combat Wombat. Oh, all the good people. Um, and speaking of good people, Guy, thank you so much for coming in today. Absolute pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed it. You guys are doing sick work. As mm -hmm. are you. Mm -hmm. Keep radicalizing. Yeah. <laughs> we I, will. I, ha I mostly have Anissa to thank, so, <laughs> so I'll just continue to listen. Just be in the proximity of Anissa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> we just chat. But you can come in in a month and give us an update. Ooh, yeah. radicalization update yeah, with Gary. absolutely. <laughs> we could you, have you should, that as a regular should, segment. <laughs> give me a topic every month and I'll be like, what I learned about things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Deal. Sounds good. So, uh, listeners, you can look forward to listen listening to Guy again soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Thank mm. you so much, Guy. You have a great day. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a tap out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, one of the interesting uh, things that um, the revolution will not be televised always sparks for me is like, ooh, we're not going to be televised. It's going to be more radical than we think it will be and maybe all of the greenwash. Um, yeah, greenwash. Mm, that's an interesting 
big topic to bring up. Mm. I think we touched on it a little bit before. We but indeed. I mean, I guess we probably define what is greenwash. I was going to say that very thing. So greenwash is a, a term for those who aren't familiar with it that's used to describe uh, promoting the perception that an organization or its products are aiming to be environmentally friendly. And it doesn't need to be its products, it could be its policies or its aims in general, um, but basically putting forward this idea that, look, we're good, we're green, buy mm. us. <laughs> it's greenwash. Yeah, yeah, I think it also ties into the fact of when you look at said corporation or government, it its overall activities are very not green, mm. but it's using its marketing spin to look green, to kind of take away. So you can... Like, I mean, I guess here's another interesting question. Can you actually have a green company? And you probably can ha- have mm. a, a company that is not that is being good for the environment, you know, maybe that makes biochar or plants trees mm. and is small, you know, and isn't, you know, horribly capitalistic, <laughs> capitalism-ish. Um, but so that's not greenwashing. It's only greenwashing when it's, you know the company's horrible or even just <laughs> or not, not good ho- yeah yeah but wants to look good i think that's it wants to look good wants to mm. use the like the power of the enviro movement for their own profit and benefit mm. um and i mean there are lots of companies that like promote themselves as environmentally friendly and from a more big picture perspective as well that you know it's quite legitimate but um yeah using it for capital we're not a fan of it. <laughs> well, when you're in a for-profit system, mm. then in order for a company to survive, it needs to make profit. And that's when it starts getting real mucky because the profit like motive becomes more important than anything else. Totally, totally. And you can see that with not just environmental stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, I suppose the um, the capitalist intersection with environmentalism, uh, this is very sustainable living festival. Um, yeah, it's interesting for me because the um, there are some works, some groups out there, sorry, that are doing work um, in a more holistic way, you know, mm. that aren't just using greenwash, so to speak, or green capitalism. Um, and I think it's really interesting to talk about those. Um, we're not the only radical group that is at the sustainable living festival. There's like... Earthworker, for example, um, the intentional network of cooperatives that are working to create sustainable jobs with the hope that it can shift Australia's workforce to a more like fulfilling or non-alienating alienating way of life, less classist, more enviro-friendly, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I suppose there's lots of intersections there that I feel like hit the, the nail on the head that um, it can be talking about sustainable living from a really holistic approach, but yeah, then you've got places selling the keep cups and the yoga mats and it's yeah. just interesting having them um, across from one another at a place that is supposed to be more progressive. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just I guess there's so many different theories of change that are there mm. and so for us the ones that are selling things and getting their profit are very outside of our theory of change yeah. and don't just don't make sense and make things worse mm. in a lot of cases. Yeah. But then to have Earth Worker there, yeah, I mean, it would be amazing if you could not have the keep cups and not have, you know, the solar panels and just have 
them all to be co-ops. I mean, I wonder how many of those are actually co-ops. I was wondering that on the day, actually. Not they, many. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's a housing co-op in Tasmania. There is they one. always seem really cool. Murundaka <laughs> um, co-housing usually has a stall at Sustainable Living Festival. Yeah. Um, there are lots of cooperatives around, but they're not really represented that much at Sustainable Living Festival. There's, there's quite a few direct action groups, which is good. Yeah. Um, ACF and Greenpeace and market forces which is great to have that sort of more resistance element represented yeah, yeah. really enjoy collective that. action kind of thing yeah but um the individualism and the reformism like that sort of snags me always as well like there's this idea that it's easier to take um a more reformist approach and tackle one thing at a time through more socially accepted channels like lobbying protests mm. signing petitions and so forth and obviously that doesn't really fit with our more radical perhaps theory of change um and yeah. I suppose my opinion is that, like, it's happening maybe, but it's happening too slowly. Yeah, the co-op movement, mm. that sort of stuff is growing mm. and the awareness is growing, but, yes, way too slowly. Mm. But I guess then, like, there's a place like the Student Sustainability Conference, which is to have, you know, all co-ops, no market. Mm. Like, at the last conference, nothing was allowed to be sold is the idea. That's great. Yeah. And so there are those spaces. I guess it's just about, you know, drawing people in with the SLF, more accessible kind of thing, and then how do you pull them over further mm. to deepen their awareness and their theory of change. Um, and also use SLF as a place to have an open discussion about theories of change. Yeah. Like they don't – I mean, that's something that the environment movement I think does really poorly is it doesn't – openly say no we don't all agree mm. we all have different ideas and there are pros and cons of all of our ideas and we yeah. need to be able to talk about them like i guess that comes back to the we got this yeah totally it's like once again saying we the environment <laughs> m m movement is a homogenous thing mm. and that constantly silences voices like ours yep and all of the the talks and even the stalls are like very specific issues or mm. campaigns and that is more frustrating we'd be so great to just sit down on a have a massive panel and great big discussion and on you know how are we doing this what do we actually think yeah you know, and maybe that's an interesting point uh, anisa you pulled up the sustainable living foundations like mm. ethos and aims what do they think yeah. um well this is a sustainable living foundation so there's people that put off put on the festival and they're um their common goal is creating a sustainable future. Um, what and is then, sustainable? <laughs> um, and so the aims are to conserve and protect the natural environment, um, foster the rapid adoption by the whole of our community of ways of living that will make it possible to sustain the community of life locally and globally. It sounds good. Um, make, it all sounds good. <laughs> yeah, true. It always sounds yeah. good. Um, make our contribution, especially through the creation of platforms that enable large numbers of people and organisations to cooperate to pursue these purposes effectively. Interesting. So, so that's the festival, getting people t together. But it talks about yeah, to, how, how to get those people to cooperate. Like I think that's something that's missing. Mm. Just putting them all in the same place isn't necessarily getting them to cooperate. Yeah more discussion um, and then it's be a leading example of an entity that practices and pursues ecological sustain and social sustainability so that's you know leading by example like you know yeah. all the cups and plates and stuff all yeah. get washed which is it's just r really nice yeah to see that 
Um, all the printing, I'm sure, gets done on recycled paper with yeah. vegetable ink and so forth. And Totally. Yeah. Which is like sometimes I think can seem frustrating when it's like, oh, but we have to change the whole system. But it's also important to show people that it's possible to live, you know, with a, ve- you know, reasonably similarly to today. We can still eat food yeah. in a sustainable way. <laughs> Tomorrow you can still print things. It's going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, another thing that always comes back to me is, like, you know, I've organized events and stuff, and it's always really good to hear people, you know, talk about it and critique it. Um, but then you're also like, oh, I wish I could, but I don't have enough time. Mm. So I wonder how much of the onus is on us then to go to the organizers and say, hey, you know, we think there's lots of potential in the festival for this sort of theory of change, Mm. discussion and deepening of the environmental movements analysis. Mm. Can we help you do that? I'm sure they'd be so excited by that, (laughs) probably. (laughs) And then the other thing is, do we have capacity to do said thing? (laughs) Possibly not. Yeah. But uh, mm. then that's the tipping point for other people. Be like, hey, mm. you like what we uh, do? You like what we talk about? Come have a chat with us. We'll have a chat with them. And the ripple effect goes on. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Getting more people involved. But the deepening of the environmental movement, it's like that's a really good point. I think mm. for me that's one of the biggest issues with a sustainable living festival is that it doesn't really hit the mark at the intersectionality of mm. what the problem is, you know. Like we... Obviously, we're anarchists, we talk about capitalism a lot, but um, there's so much in this that needs to be pulled apart, all the different layers of oppression. Um, and I just feel as though we can't do one without the other. They go hand mm. in hand. You know, the the quote from Emma Lazarus, I think, is like, until all are free, none are free. Yeah. You know? So I just find that really problematic to just be se- sim- ah, <laughs> segregating the environmentalism <laughs> movement. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, one of the things I like about ASENT, the Australian Student Environment Network, is it has environment in the name and it, you know, gathers a lot of people through environmental awareness, especially at university. Mm. But then it's just a very quick trip to, oh, okay, you care about trees? It's much bigger than that. Um, and, you know, prides itself on the intersectionality but uses that kind of front. Mm. Like I love being able to send emails saying, hi, I'm from the Australian Student Environment Network, and it sounds so lovely. It does, And it's so socially acceptable. (laughs) And like a Students of Sustainability conference is such a, you know, beautiful name. Mm. But then once people arrive, the overwhelming response is like, whoa, this was really confronting and Mm. full-on and amazing to deepen that. So how can we use... Like, I think that's one of the best things about SLF. It's such a good front to get people in. That's a really interesting point there. So next year we're going to go to SLF <laughs> and obviously say, so once you get them in the door with <laughs> Tesla and stuff, like, can we have them? <laughs> uh, well, just then also give us a space to talk more about theories of change. Mm. Like, where you know, I think a lot of the people who got involved in environment and climate change stuff and have kind of stuck to that. Um, And that's often because people, you know, aren't affected by prisons or racism or, you know, immigration stuff. And so there's a lot of people that are really passionate about the environment for their entire life and do heaps of really good work but don't see the intersections. 
but it's getting to a point now where we're so screwed. And so... Why did I laugh then? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a coping mechanism. It is indeed. <laughs> um, so maybe people are more open to, you know, what we keep calling more radical, more getting to the root of the problem mm. kind of things. Like how many times can you run in an election like get your organization to like talk to people during an election without giving up on politicians <laughs> not many <laughs> <laughs> for us yeah for us definitely yeah i um yeah i feel like slf for me like kind of contributes to a sense of burnout occasionally mm. like, there's a feeling of like when we're talking about the issues in such isolation of each other it feels really um tiring and like oh my god we have so much more work to do to get people to see that that intersection and I agree SOS does it amazingly SLF gets people in the door and like we are having this conversation that's a really great like collective consciousness obviously raising about like Mm. the way in which these issues play off one another but to go to the average person and talk to them about how like their individual actions of like, you know, changing to like power shop or, you know, a more yeah. green focused energy company isn't necessarily enough. And like um, there's, I forget the study, but there was a great study that talked about like the apathy that comes from that sort of green capitalism that like, mm. oh, I've done my bit. I've recycled. I've used my keep cup or I use totally. 25% green energy. Therefore, I don't need to do anything else tap out. And that disconnect between like passing someone homeless in the street, not yeah. seeing the correlation is just yeah, for me it's it's frustrating. And yeah. then I see the sort of Im, um, immense size of the issue in terms of mm. what we do at Doing It Ourselves, raising awareness of such things. And so I just have to remind myself we're in it for the long haul. Yes. And, <laughs> like, that's okay that we take our time and that it, like, makes sure that our efforts are joyful in the interim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can always sort of see how the reformist sort of perspective appeals, you know, yeah. like why you would go and fight just, you know, be it a blockade or a forest or, or you know, something um, like go and, and join Greenpeace. It feels like it might be mm. more effective in the short term. And I don't deny that. That's why we as a group are doing it ourselves, support resistance work um, yeah. and building alternatives. But, yeah, just always keeping our eye on that bigger picture and the holistic nature of the issue. Yeah, and it gets exhausting when a lot of people don't. Yeah. And, yeah. and like... Yeah, that's exhausting. <laughs> oh, Anissa's eyes just clouded over. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. This is really exhausting. <laughs> no. This is really interesting, though. I'd love to uh, bring this mm. up at another time because um, I think that that's maybe an issue we come up in doing it ourselves and perhaps this is getting mm. a bit too meta for the radio show. But, like, <laughs> um, we're tired. We've been doing this yeah. now for a few years and, like, we keep slogging away and we do good work, um, no denying that, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. How do we do this sustainably? Mm. Totally. Sustainability, the buzzword of the day. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we could spend a whole nother radio show on that word. Um, um, but maybe we should go into a song. Yeah, maybe we should. Um, and uh, <laughs> an inspiring song. Yes. We've got uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Get Up, Stand Up, the classic Bob Marley and the Wailers. Yeah. Pep everyone up. Why do you reckon people should subscribe to 3CR? Because I think we have more awesome music shows than anywhere else. And they're niche and they're interesting and they're adventurous. 
3CR, the perfect companion in your car on your road trip. If you're on digital, Ooh. no tram interference. Mm. But if you're streaming, there's no tram interference. No, that's true. But if you like that's tram, correct. interference is always the AM. The AM, old school. <laughs> oh, who oh. Like, you know, some people like the crack along vinyl. Well, yeah, some, some people like noise music. Experimental mm-hmm, noise music. To subscribe to 3CR, unwaged is $35. Yes. yes. Waged? 75 And solidarity? 150 $150. That's pretty reasonable to help keep 3CR on air. Call 3CR 94198377 and... Subscribe. Subscribe today. Subscribe now. Welcome back to The Sewer Show, 855 AM, 3CR on your dial. Um, It's been a really interesting show. There's so much that we could keep unpacking (laughs) in these (laughs) issues and that's why we have a radio show, so we can keep on doing that every month. yeah, thanks so much to Guy for coming in and to my fellow comrade, Anissa. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Before we head out, I just wanted to do a bit of a shout out for some events coming up because one of the things we're doing it ourselves is we love to support resistance that's happening around and feel like we're actually getting somewhere because we are, everyone. Hey, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, today, actually, there's uh, an action in the city called Paint the Town Refugee, which is an inclusive action in encouraging people to join the Refugee Action Collective to cover the streets of Melbourne with welcome refugees and bring them here messages. So that's going to be fun, exciting and activating. Then on the 16th, oh no, the 18th, Sunday the 18th, on Sunday, this Sunday, there's a benefit for RISE, the Refugees, Survivors and Ex-Detainees. That's in Footscray. Get on down if you can and help support this very important group. Then uh, in a few weeks, there's going to be another Festeroo happening, folks, which is an amazing DIY backyard music festival for a cause. All the proceeds from Festeroo number 10 are going to the Frontline Action Against Coal, who are those awesome comrades up north that are fighting Adani. So get on there, have some food, buy some beer, listen to awesome tunes and have a dance for a good cause. Um, on the 25th of February, there is the Activist Wellbeing Workshops from Plan to Thrive, starting back up again for the year. Plan to Thrive runs activist support and wellbeing workshops and a blog and basically acknowledging the idea that we need to sustain this movement ongoing. So everyone out there, you make sure you take care of each other and yourselves. Um, check out the Plan to Thrive website or Facebook for details. Also this month, we've got the Transition Film Festival, which is on from February the 22nd to March 9th. Check out their website for their full program of amazing screenings all about transitioning to a better world. And then festival-wise, we've got Camp Anarchy coming up on the 10th of March. As Anissa was spruiking, there's Students of Sustainability run by Azen in the middle of the year, and there's a lot of work organising that. If you want to get involved with Azen, get in touch. Um, And for us at Doing It Ourselves, we'll be at Camp Anarchy, we'll be at SOS, and we'll also be running a small village at Confest in early April. So get into that if you're eager. (laughs) So that's all we've got time for today. We'll be back next month, the third Friday of the month, 5.30 to 6.30. Thank you heaps for listening.